and willing to help without thought of herself. She took the woman's child and consoled her immediately, being both gracious and loving to her. Middleton crossed the room purposely to be introduced. The astuteness of his shield went before him, and Maria was quite aware of it. She busies herself consoling the people around her, and suddenly Middleton demandingly stepped in front of her. She looked up at his face, then down in shyness. She felt inadequate of words and a little embarrassed by such boldness. Middleton took the advantage and said, Madam, may I be of service to you? Maria would not look into his eyes and said, Thank you, most kind sir. I feel we are all in a state of waiting out the storm. My dear madam, I do not know your name. However, since we are awaiting the storm's end, would you have tea with me in the dining room? Maria held the child closely so she would not be afraid and said, If the weather subsides, I will accept your invitation. Thank you. At that point, Middleton felt he had conquered the world. Being puffed up, he receded over to stand at the wall, wishing the storm would end. There was a splintering crash, and a tree went down on the roof of the four-story building. Once again, panic arose, and some of the people were running to the cellar for protection. Maria sat quietly in the living room with the little girl hugged to her breast. Looking over at the child's mother, she saw that she was now breathing hard and fast, perhaps in labor. Middleton was possessive at this point, wanting Maria's attention. Maria was calm and had education in this matter feeling her alliance was toward the helpless. She knew anxiety might make the child's mother have the baby now. Middleton was distraught. In fact, he was steaming mad at this turn of events. He was going to know all about this woman, period. Maria, however, had suitors before and knew just how to handle them, pompous or not. She was always kind, but direct. Sure enough, the woman was in labor, and she was going to have that baby. Maria put her arm around the woman's shoulders and steadied her gently, bringing her into a private room. The child was given to another woman to care for temporarily. Middleton was fit to be tied. His high tea was ruined, and he didn't know Maria's name. The storm began to subside. And though a doctor was needed, by the time he arrived, Maria had already helped to birth the baby. The doctor was pleased and said so to Maria for her knowledge and quick action. Middleton surveyed the damage and, finding it improbable to stay longer at this inn, went to Maria asking her to dinner nearby. Maria was tired but somewhat hungry and decided to humor this gentleman with his shield. She didn't know his name either. Therefore, according to protocol, pleasantries were to be exchanged. Maria was dressed in a rose brocade gown with a heavy woolen cloak and hood. She wore a beautiful diamond and ruby necklace and matching bracelet. Of course, Middleton noticed her affluence 
and felt she was in his realm of society. His feelings toward her grew with her reticent deportment. He was in a hurry to get to know her and to leave with her for dinner. Being used to taking over every situation, he was not pleased with her reserve. And yet he couldn't help feeling enticed with this beautiful woman. Maria was returning to the palace, Camol, which was built in the mountains of North Carolina. She was the firstborn daughter of King Alfred. She had two sisters, Courtney and Janice. She had come to Washington, D.C. to open the seat in Congress for her father, who was on business in Europe. His other lands and palaces were a burden to him and often took him away from his family as he presided over different countries. Maria was next in line for the throne and did not relish it, but would obey.